Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. The line between truth and fiction can sometimes be a very fine one. Imagine reading a story in a book you picked up off the rack in an out-of-the-way gas station and discover that many of the details echo events in your own life. Such a thing is not only possible, but likely at the All Eyes Motel, a mysterious little establishment with a quirky proprietor where there's always room for the dead. Room 252 by Barbara Avon His nightcap sat crookedly on top of his fat head, his mind leaking memories of things best forgotten. The pharmacist's convention had forced him from his one-bedroom apartment in the city, where, for the past thirty of his sixty years, he has lived alone, whittling the hours away with his favorite thriller author as his only companion. Edward was the sort of man who never slept. He was a voracious reader, and the pages of his novels were full of unsightly red marks that would make the librarian, old Mrs. Waters, heart bleed. Exiting the elevator, he tripped over his own two feet and cursed Milton, who attempted to stifle a giggle. Is there something wrong with your room, my good man? No, I just missed you, he said sarcastically. Yes, there's something wrong with my room. Oh, what might that be? I can't find a damn menu. You do have room service in this place, don't you? Milton clutched at his chest, flabbergasted. Of course we do. In fact, we are renowned for our chicken marsala, our veal santamboco, our... I can read my own damn menu. I am certain you can, sir. I'll have Sandra bring one up straight away. Edward bit at the inside of his fat cheek. You don't have one behind that desk of yours? Unfortunately, no, Milton said, dropping his usual cheery disposition before reverting to his old self. Not to worry, though. It won't be long. Fine, whatever you say. Please hurry. I'm starving. Yes, my good man. Good night. Good night. Pressing the button to return to his room, he turned at the sound of Milton's high-pitched voice. Sir? What? I do believe that congratulations are in order. I have been informed that you are being presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award for your contributions in pharmaceutical... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Alone in the lift, he yawned until his jaw clicked. The night had taken its toll on him. He had been driving to the motel when he realized that he had forgotten his book at home. He was too far ahead to turn around and decided to stop at a rest stop where he chose a short story anthology from an author he had never heard of. The cover depicted a white antique typewriter against a plain black background. He had dropped the three dollars next to the register 
when a teenager came in, causing a ruckus and babbling incoherently. The store manager threatened to call the police until the kid retreated, sulking. Entering his room, he poured himself a drink using a small whiskey bottle he found in the minibar and settled into the wing chair that faced the window. He was a pluviophile, and the raging storm outside made his heart race with pleasure. Ignoring his rumbling stomach, he opened his book, careful not to break the spine, and scanned the table of contents. The titles were unimaginative, and, being drawn to scarier tales, he settled on a story entitled Hellbound. Preacher always said there be hell to pay. Flesh rots faster for those who have sinned. Decaying bodies will shrivel until no semblance of the human is left. Sinners aren't human. It said so right there in the church program every Sunday. They are Satan's spawn, walking the earth on hooves, disguised beneath expensive shoes. Jack wore expensive shoes. They peeked beneath the pants of a $300 suit, hemmed exactly right by Franco, the tailor, whose Italian drawl was so thick it was like syrup. Turn the right, turn the left, no left. He was the most sought-after tailor in town, and Jack secured his services by paying him under the table crisp $100 bills that Jack had taken from his secret stash at home. Home. Home was no longer Jack's sanctuary. The welcome mat had been replaced by a horseshoe, and that had long since been replaced by a no solicitor's sign. Home is where she lay dying. Edward shifted in his seat and took the last of his whiskey in one gulp. Every night after work, Jack stopped on his front doorstep and drank his favorite libation from a silver flask. The whiskey was like an elixir, giving him the courage to walk through the door. Every night was the same. He had to feed, bathe, and comfort her, whispering things that might make the cancer go away. Jesus fucking Christ. Many times, Jack imagined extracting the cancer with the same knife she once used to carve the Sunday roast. As a druggist, he had vowed to help people, but there was no drug powerful enough to evacuate what God had planted. Blinded by sweat, Edward tore the cap from his head and wiped his face. Mesmerized, he continued reading. Jack bemoaned his solitary life. Friends grew distant, and there were many miles separating him from his family. It was her cries, though, that drove him to drink. Wretched, mournful cries that served to steal her identity as his loving, loyal wife. One morning, he left her in the care of the day nurse and made his way to the apothecary. As he walked, he could hear the clickety-clack of boots hitting the sidewalk, but there was no one there. Stopping in his tracks, he held his breath. The sound of the boots echoed in his ears, and he hurried past Franco the tailor, Joe the butcher, and Marty the candlestick maker, until he reached the pharmacy and locked himself inside. Clickety-clack. 
clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Like a robot, he worked mixing chemicals into a deadly potion. Pinch of this, a bit of that. He was a brilliant chemist, and he knew exactly what it would take to kill a human faster than a speeding bullet. Edward found himself on the edge of the chair. His whiskey glass rested at his feet. The beat of his heart echoed like Jack's phantom boots. That same night, Jack had stopped at the florist to pick up his wife's favorite flowers. The white lilies would prove to be her funeral flowers. Beneath the hem of his pants, his hooves were no longer disguised. The mourners came one by one, neighbors, his boss, even the mailman left a letter of condolence. Exhausted by the attention, Jack was looking forward to watching television while indulging in a frozen dinner. No sooner was he seated that there was a knock on the door. Edward tossed the book to the side, startled. This is hogwash, merely coincidence. Ravenous, he opened the door to a woman in her thirties. Her dark brown hair was styled neatly in braids that she had twisted on both sides. Eyes as dark as chocolate pierced right through him. There was a dip in her upper lip, just as his wife used to have. The name tag on her left breast gleamed. Sandra. Good evening, sir. You requested a menu. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome, Dad. Vomiting blood, he soiled himself. Through blurred vision, he could see his cloven hooves. What's wrong? She asked. I guess you didn't know, did you? Mom was pregnant when you poisoned her, she said, crossing herself. You also should have listened to that teen when he asked for your wallet. Your black heart is showing. The bullet hit its mark. Enjoy your stay. Thank you for listening to Room 252 from the book Owl Eyes Motel, written by Barbara Avon. You can learn more about this multi-genre author at barbaraavon.com. Pick up a copy of our latest novella, Owl Eyes Motel, Lover's Retreat, or any of her other books at amazon.com. The complete audio version of Owl Eyes Motel is available on Audible and Apple Books. Visit bedtimestories.studio to sign up for the Insomniac Snoozeletter. Join the conversation at substack.com slash at richhosek and visit richhosek.com for more information about the host of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again and all the very best.